0: requires cling to the wall
1: a journey to the palace take your bibles with me and turn to exodus chapter number two and we'll look at verse four through nine exodus chapter two and verse four through nine and how god worked through the life of moses and what god did in and through his family so look with me now in exodus chapter two uh and we'll start in verse number one And the Bible says, and his sister stood afar off to wit what would be done to him. And the daughter of Pharaoh came down to wash herself at the river, and her maidens walked along by the river's side. And when she saw the ark among the flags, she sent her maid to fetch it. And when she had opened it, she saw the child. And behold, the babe wept. And she had compassion on him and said, this is one of the Hebrews children. Then said his sister to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call to thee a nurse of the Hebrew women, that she may nurse the child for thee? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. And the maid went and called the child's mother. And Pharaoh's daughter said unto her, Take this child away and nurse it for me, and I will give thee thy wages. And the woman took the child and nursed it. And the child grew. Amen. Now, if you don't know the story of Moses, back in that day, the Israelites, Israel was getting so big that Pharaoh was worried they were going to take over Egypt because they were growing so mighty and strong. And he sent out a decree that all the male children born were to be killed. Man, that is wicked, is it not? That is horrific. That is terrible. You know, thank the God here in America, we're not living with that. They're not trying to kill our children physically, but let me tell you, the devil is trying to kill them spiritually. He's doing everything that he can to influence them in the wrong way. And you must have your guard up. You must be ready to sacrifice. You must be ready to take on that battle. You can't handle it by yourself, but with the Lord, you can. So here jacobed which is moses's mother takes moses builds a little ark and that's exactly what it is it's a little ark made out of bulrushes and tar and puts it in the river and it floats down the river and i like the reason i started with verse number four is it says and his sister stood afar off to wit which would be done to him so moses's sister is watching her mother put the ark in there with the baby, it floats down a river. And I can imagine her following along the riverbank and watching that ark float. And all of a sudden, she comes upon Pharaoh's daughter and her maids. And the Bible says she was there to wash because she noticed. And look, when when the Pharaoh's maid picked it up and saw it was a child, and the child cried. Who asked, shall I go get a hebrew woman for you to nurse the baby well that was Moses' sister that amazes me so here's somebody who has no power no influence no nothing but they are watching they're vigilant they're paying attention and boy what a difference she made for the lord just by speaking up and watching what was going on and saying hey could you do you want me to go get and can you imagine her running back to her mom mom you ain't gonna believe this My little brother that you let go in the ark, Pharaoh's daughter has her, and he wants to hire you to nurse the baby and take care of it. And she brings her mother around there, and here Pharaoh's daughter says, Take the baby, nurse it, and I will give, I'll even pay you for it. Man, that is some definitely some divine intervention is it not can you imagine how Moses's mother must have felt as she let that go into the river and watched it float away her heart must have sank I can't even imagine only a mother could imagine what that must feel like but here God turns right around she gives that baby over to God and God turns around and gives it right back to her and now she's getting paid to take care of her own baby amen thank God for that so what a wicked decree how pharaoh was wanting all the the males that, that were born to be killed but you know satan's still attacking today and that's what that was that was satanic but today the christian family he attacks through drugs and immortality and alcohol and music and worldly lifestyles um, and they they are a frontal attack on the christian family the christian home and the christian marriage Remember, the very first thing that God instituted was marriage. So you know what the devil attacks? He goes after that. He wants to destroy it because if he can destroy the home, he can destroy a church, he can destroy a nation, he can destroy all kinds of things. And that's what he's here for, John 10.10. The thief cometh to kill, to steal, and destroy. Let me share something with you that you might not know that really blew my mind when I started reading about it. And if you'll think about that, how the devil, how deceitful the devil really is. Do you know that almost all the major hip-hop, rap, artists, labels that give people deals and contracts are owned by the same company that owns all the private prisons in America? So they get people talking about doing wrongful things and when they do those wrongful things and they make money off of that off of selling records and then they make money off of them when they get locked up that that's that was unbelievable unbelie- to me but there's like three uh major companies and i'm not a fan of him but the uh rapper and actor ice cube was the first one i heard talk about it and i started investigating and i was like wow but the devil is certainly deceitful is he not because we wait We look at those people, we look at those companies, and we go, man, that is horrific. That is horrible. And we forget that there's a much bigger agenda behind that. It's not the company. It's not the people. It's satanic. It's the devil at work. The Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. That's what the Bible says. So we have to remember that when we fight that battle. You will fight it on your knees, and you will only win it on your knees. God God provided a place for Moses. God's grace is clearly seen here throughout Moses' journey. And specifically, he brings him to the palace to be cared for. Many believe Jochebed, uh, which is Moses' mother, got to keep him until he was five or six years old. Now, how much could you influence a child until they were five or six? You could, that, that's when your life's foundation is laid. You learn more from the age zero to age five than you do in your whole life. You learn the, the language, whatever language you're speaking. Uh, you learn what things are. Don't you know that his mother put some godly stones some bricks, some characteristics in his life, some teachings, amen? So in spite of the very, very unusual circumstances, God allowed Moses' family to be around him, to provide for him, even in a very strange way. Do you trust the Lord with your family? Do you turn them over and say, Lord, here they are, I'm simply a steward. Tell me what you want me to do. And God's provided in that case. God will provide for you. And God's unique provision prepared Moses for the future. And it gave him an inner working of the palace. He was around Pharaoh. Remember, he was adopted by Pharaoh's daughter. So he was around Pharaoh. He was around the court. He was around the ambassadors. But he was really going to be God's ambassador, whose Moses was going to be. Amen. God had him there. God had him in that place. Maybe God has you somewhere, and you go, what am I doing here? What is this? It's you're there for a reason. If you're saved, if you're born again, you're following God's will, you are there for a reason. God has something for you to do, something for you to learn, some character for you to build, but he has things for you to do. God commands us, as Jacob did, to train and teach our children the word of God. It is a very vital thing to teach your children God's word. God commands us to bring our children up in the admi- admonition and the nurture of the Lord. And nurture probably speaks of some discipline there because discipline is a very big part of it. We're supposed to provide, we're supposed to love, we're supposed to take care for, but we're also supposed to discipline. Any good parent will know, will know Now, I'm not just talking about spanking. You may have a child. You don't have to spank. I have one. The rest of them weren't that way, but I have one. So every child is different. Uh, 1 Timothy 5.14, it is referred to as guiding the house. I will, therefore, that the younger women, marry, bear children, guide the house, give none occasion to the adversary to speak reproachfully. It's the woman's place, what God's given her to do to guide the home. And the man is supposed to be the leader of the home. He didn't make himself a leader and you didn't make him a leader. God said he is to be the leader of the home. God didn't tell him to love you no matter what he no matter what you do as as your husband, he is supposed to love you no matter what you do. The Bible commands that commands him to do that. Not you don't command him to do that. The Bible commands him to do that. Just like it is the the wife who is supposed to follow her husband. And I know the word submission, nobody likes that word. But that's what the Bible says. And it's not me saying it. It's not your husband saying it. It's God Almighty saying it. It's God's Word saying it. And so it, it's a very important. God has an order. God has a structure of the home. Uh, just like He has a, a structure and order of a church. And you know, when you have chaos and you, confusion and and craziness. Don't you know that breeds some very unruly children? Because that's how they that's what they know. They know chaos and confusion. That's why God has created order in the home. Proverbs 189. My son, hear the instruction of thy father, and forsake not the law of thy mother, for they shall be an ornament of grace unto thy head and chains about thy neck. We should never underestimate the teaching and the importance of God's word and the influence that you have on your kid's life to train them up a mother has the most special place in a kid's life and so does a father Let me tell you what John Wesley said. If you know who John Wesley is, him and his brother founded the Methodist Church, the Methodist Movement, and the reason they they were called Methodist is because they were so methodical about following biblical principles in their life, in their church, in their preaching, and they were, at that time, they were the most biblical. That was long before independent Baptists were ever thought about. John Wesley said this, the great preacher of, of many years gone by, he's Many passed away many years ago now, but he said this, I learned more about God from my mother than from all the theologians in England. I don't know how old he was when he said that, but I would imagine he was probably 40 or 50, somewhere in there, and he started thinking back about all the things he had learned. But you think about the foundation. He must have thought about the foundation that his mother gave him. And that stuck with him his whole life. Let me read the end of that verse for you, verse eight and nine. It says, For they shall be an ornament of grace unto thy head and chains about thy neck. When you teach your child the truth, I don't care how far they go, how low they go, how big they go, how wide they go, how deep they go. They can never get away from the truths of God. They're like chains hanging around their neck. You may be dead and gone, but let me tell you that truth that you instilled in their life, they will have with them until the day they die. Whether or not they follow that and obey that is their choice. Nobody can make you be obedient to the Lord just like nobody can make them be obedient to the Lord. You, it is a choice. Something that's so sacred, God won't even touch it, and that's your free will. And that kind of teaching that it's talking about stays with a person for life. Philippians 4, chapter 1, number 9 says, Those things which ye have learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. Listen to me. This is so important. The greatest way, the greatest thing that we can ever provide and pray for for our family is that each one of them know the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. Because nothing else matters in this life. You can have every Bible doctrine right, and know everything there is, but you get that one thing wrong, and you've got it all wrong. Everything is pointless. You have got to know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. In order to go to heaven, it is about the relationship. That old saying, it's all about who you, who you know, that is exactly right. Because if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you will not enter into heaven. The Bible even says that Jesus is going to say to many, I don't know you. Depart from me, ye worker of iniquity what a scary thing to even think about you better know that you know that you know that you have been born again that your name is written in the lamb's book of life you know, Moses had a purpose. He had a big purpose, and his purpose was is to lead God's people out from the world. Oftentimes in the Bible, when it talks about Egypt, it's talking about the world. And just as they were supposed to come out of Egypt, when you get saved, God wants you to come out of the world. We are to be different. We are to be strange. We are to be a peculiar people. Let me read to you what Hebrews chapter 11, verse 24 through 26 says, by faith when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ, greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. And that verse 26, I looked that word up, treasures. It means a deposit of wealth. I thought that was that was amazing. That was very... Very interesting. In verse 25, how Moses chose to suffer affliction rather than, listen to what it says, enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. You know that Moses was in, and with Pharaoh, he was in the castle. He was living good. He was eating good. I promise he didn't want for nothing. He certainly wasn't doing any hard labor. I'm sure there was many servants, many slaves. Everything was provided. Everything was good. All you had to do was live life, put your feet up and eat well. But he gave all that up to follow the Lord and be with God's people. That's what God wants you to do. He wants you to come out from the world. He wants you to be with God's people. So like each one of us and you, God has a purpose for you just as he had a purpose for Moses. See, we can look at Moses' life and we can read his whole story. We know it front to back, but you can't do that in your own life. You just have to know that God wants to use you for something great, whatever it may be. Leading somebody to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, by the way, is something that is the greatest thing that you could ever do. So God has something great for us all to do. And the purpose he had for Moses is the same purpose he has for us today. To come out from the world, to live a good godly life, to be a good example, to be fully determined to fulfill God's purpose in your own life. What it is God has for you. Amen? He identified with God's people, Moses did. So Moses grew up uh, to be a man who purposely identified with god's people he refused to be called the the pharaoh's daughter he fulfilled what god had for him to do in his life and god also commands the same identification from us and he desires that we identify and fellowship with god's people through the local church today in the new testament that is god's plan that is god's design that is god's order Hebrews 10.25 Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as ye see the day approaching. If you're not in a good local church, you need to find one. A good Bible-believing, gospel-preaching, hell-hot, heaven-high, sin-bad. Amen? You need to find somebody that will call it out, that will tell it like it is. You don't need somebody to tickle your ear or tell you how great you are. You need somebody to tell you where. You need to be with the Lord and what the Bible actually says. Somebody that loves you enough to tell you the truth. You wouldn't go to a doctor that lied to you, would you, about your sickness? No, you wouldn't. Why would you go to a preacher that lied lie to you and tickle your ears? You don't need that. You need the truth of God's word because it will sharpen you. It will hone you. You will bring out God's will for your life. And if you're not saved, you get into the sound of, God, of the gospel. God will call you. He will knock on your heart. Amen. Because God even takes the little lies serious. A little boy was getting on a plane with his mom and they went to buy the ticket. And the man looked down at the little boy and said, how old are you? And the little boy said, I'm two years old. And the flight the person selling tickets looked at him awful suspicious and said, do you know what happens to little boys that lie? And the little boy said, I sure do. They get tickets for half price. I thought that, was, thought that was pretty good. And so even though that's funny, God wants us to be truthful in every facet of life. No matter how young, no matter how old, God's desires that we separate ourselves from sin, even... Pleasurable sin, even sin that benefits you, even sin that gives you a ticket at half price. God wants you to separate yourself and be determined to separate yourself from that, as Daniel, like Daniel did uh, in Daniel chapter 1, verse 8. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portions of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. He said, I'm not going to do it. He had already made the decision. And let me tell you, it's so much easier when you go ahead and make that decision. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to sin. I'm not going to get involved with that. It is so easy. But what you can do is determine to be involved in church. You can determine to be faithful to a church. You can determine to be committed to a church. You can determine to be tied to your church. That is biblical a good church here, if you're anywhere around Citrus County, is Fort Cooper Baptist Church. That's where we go, and the gospel's preached there, and it's uh, just a good church. And if, if it's not that one, you need to find another one. Amen? Moses had to wait on God's timing, and that's something that's hard for us to do. We don't like to wait. Everything in America is right now in a drive through right? But there's a purpose. Got to wait on God's timing God's reward. And let me tell you, God blesses those who follow him, who wait on him, and who go down life's journey where God wants them to be. There's no earthly riches that can compare to what God has for you. Amen? There's not nothing Listen to me, the rewards in heaven, I know when people talk about heaven, they talk about how great it is and mansions and palaces and streets of gold and walls of jasper and sea of crystal and gates of pearl. Do you know those are, are going to be useless up there? I mean, we don't, you don't go out and get asphalt off the street and hide it in your safe. Why? Because it's everywhere. It means nothing. That's the way it's going to be in heaven. But let me tell you what the real riches are. When you're going to be in the presence of a thrice, holy god when you're able to worship him and stand literally at his throne when the river of life flows from the throne of god and be in the presence of god i do believe that's going to be the greatest reward and the greatest feeling that there is it's like when god moves and you can feel the spirit move in your heart and you want more of it and this time we will be physically present there with god So just as Moses' journey for the faith was a journey of protection, provision, and purpose, that's what God has for you. He has a journey for you, and it's full of protection, provision, and purpose. What do you have to do? Here am I, Lord, send me. You simply have to be obedient. May we rest in that protection, trust in his provision, and live out his purpose in our life. But if you're not saved... If you've been going to church all your life, but you've never realized you're a sinner in need of a Savior. If you're scared to walk down, what will people think? I've been in church for 20 years. Who cares? You get right and get right with God because you're going to be the one standing before God. They're not going to be there holding your hand. It ain't going to matter what they think. Listen to me realize you're a sinner in need of a savior the bible says hell is hot there's weeping and wailing gnashing of teeth gnawing of tongue where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched you don't want to go there amen and you don't have to go there jesus doesn't want you to go there if you simply just realize that you're going to die and one day you're going to stand before god what you need to do is repent of your sins and put your faith and your trust in the finished work of the cross. Of the Lord Jesus Christ.
0: We pray you have been blessed by today's message. If you have been saved or are in need of a prayer, please contact us at 352 247 9200. That's 352 247 9200. Thank you for tuning in to Crossbound Ministries Radio Broadcast. Will you please pray about supporting our ministry and broadcast? You can go to crossboundministry.com or send your support or a gift to P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. That's P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. For a gift of $10 or more, we will send you a booklet. Please pray for us as our ministry and radio broadcast grows. Tune in every Sunday morning at 8 a.m to hear a message from our preacher, Mike Sadler. You can follow Crossbound Ministry on Facebook, YouTube, and visit us on the web at crossboundministry.com. If you are a pregnant woman in need of help, there is hope. You can reach out to the Citrus Pregnancy Center. There are locations in Inverness and in Crystal River. Their phone number is 352-341-5176. That's 352 341